please turn to 1 John chapter 2. This, this morning I'd like to talk to you about God's burden for us, and that is do not love the world. Do not love the world in the sense of the values of the world. And the values of the world are probably most directly communicated to us through media. They're communicated to us through what we see on television, what we see in the movies, what we see on our computer screen through the internet, what we listen to on our iPods. So do not love the world's values. And and I believe the motif that God wants to use this morning is light and darkness. Light and darkness. Light and darkness. Let me ask you a question. Are you afraid of the dark? Have you ever heard anybody say, are you afraid of the light? It's because there's a difference between light and darkness. You know, you don't hear people say, things that go bump in the light. No, no, it says, things that go bump in the night. Is that not right? You see, light and darkness is a motif. Light and darkness is, is something that God uses in John to speak to us in 1 John. And it's a motif that I believe God uses as well in Ephesians. And so this morning we're going to be looking at what God's burden is to God's people in the first century to not love the world, but rather love God, and specifically not love the world's values. And for us today, those are communicated through media. And this, this motif of light and darkness, and we're going to follow that motif, that picture, into Ephesians as a practical application. Okay, so get in your mind light and darkness. Darkness typically brings confusion, disorientation. When I was in the military and we would plan attacks, we would most of the time, a lot of time, plan them at night. Actually, the best time to attack your enemy is right before dawn because they've had, they've had the maximum effects of darkness. They're tired, they're disoriented, they're sleepy. And the enemy comes into us as well with the numbness of darkness. And that numbness enters through the eye gate, through what we see, through the ears, what we hear. And sometimes we are lulled to sleep in the night of our soul. And in those moments, the enemy comes to attack and to steal really what is precious. And we make some really stupid decisions in the night that we regret. And so my heart, God's heart, is that you would not be susceptible, but rather that you would be in the light because when the light comes, there comes hope. When there's darkness, there's despair and hopelessness. But when light comes, there's hope. If you want to torment a man, you put him in solitary confinement. And if you want to drive a man crazy, you put him him in what they call the hole and you close all the windows, and you put them in a small area, and you put them in darkness, and after a while, he doesn't even know what day it is. He doesn't know anything. He loses all orientation. But praise God, Jesus comes and brings light. As a matter of fact, folks, 1 John 1, 5 through 7, which is really one of the thematic verses of of this book of 1 John that we're studying. 1 John 1, 5 through 7 says the following. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you that God is what? Light. And in him, in him there's no darkness, friends. 
at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie. And we practice, and we do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. God is light. In him there is no darkness. Therefore, if we are in him, there should be no darkness in us. Which is why we need to be careful about letting darkness in through our eyes. The darkness of media. It puts our souls to sleep. You see, light is the motif of heaven, guys. In the New Jerusalem, God blesses his people with eternal light. That's what Revelation 21, 22 to 25 says. It'd be a good idea to write these down. Revelation uh, 21, 22 to 25 says the following. And I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb. Wow. And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and its lamp is the Lamb. And by its light will the nations walk, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it, and its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. While darkness, on the other hand, dear friends, darkness is the motif of hell. It's the motif of judgment. God brings judgment on his enemies through darkness. That's what Matthew 25.30 teaches us. Matthew 25.30 and cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness, not the outer lightness, the outer darkness in that place where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And on the cross, on the cross, darkness descended on the earth while God's judgment descended on Christ. And for three hours, there was darkness as the Son of God writhed in agony, taking your judgment and mine. But, oh, dear friends, on that third day, the light of a new age dawned in Christ's resurrection. The sun broke out. Nothing could stop it. Death is dead. Death is conquered. Jesus is alive. And the motif is light. 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 So, therefore, therefore, Jesus calls us out of darkness into light. Many places we see this, but one is Matthew 4, 16. Matthew 4, 16. It says the following. The people dwelling in the darkness, in darkness, have seen a great light. And for those dwelling in the region in shadow of death, on them the light has dawned. Folks, we are people of light, not of darkness. And as such, God calls us to walk in the light with our habits of media. Ouch. Okay, Al, I liked everything right there. It was great, good preaching, but don't talk to me about my media, okay? Don't talk to me about legalism. Don't you get legalistic on me. Well, even though I I wrestle with legalism, uh, I don't believe this is legalism. I believe it is God's command. And I believe that by grace, he's going to enable us to change our media habits where they need to be changed and walk in the light as he's in the light. Now, I've got a lengthy portion of scripture I want to read to you. It's going to be up here on the screen. It's the passage that we've been studying, really, and it provides the foundation for where we're going today. I'm going to spring from that foundation using the light-darkness motif over to Ephesians eventually. I believe you have Ephesians in your notes there. But before we get there, I want to lay this little foundation because God's talking to us as people as he spoke to his people in the first century. And he spoke to them through 1 John 2. 
7. 1 John 2, 7. Beloved, I am writing you no new commandment, but an old commandment that you had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word that you have heard. At the same time, it is a new commandment that I'm writing to you, which is true in him and in you. Because the darkness is passing away, and the true light is already shining. Whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light, and in him there is no cause for stumbling. But whoever hates his brother, he, he's in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Notice that contrast. Verse 12, I'm writing to you, see, to people of the light, little children, because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. There's gospel right there. This isn't legalism. This is gospelism. Okay? It's gospel. Big time. And does not know where he is going. Back up. I'm writing to you fathers because you know him who is from the beginning. I'm writing to you young men because you have overcome the evil one. This is all gospel. Fruit of the gospel. I write to you children because you know the Father. We only know the Father through the Son, Jesus Christ. I write to you fathers because you know him who is from the beginning. I write to you young men because you are strong and the word of God abides to you and you have overcome the evil one. Okay, so now we've got all the gospel foundation. We've got the light darkness motif. You ready? God has set us up now for the command. Here's the command. We've been preaching on this the last two weeks. Do not love the world. Because all that's true, don't love the world. Or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and pride and possessions is not from the Father, but is from the world. Now here's the deal. The world's passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. John writes to us here because we're the recipients of the gospel. That's what all that stuff was in verses 7 to 14. John writes to us because we are in the light. And John's command to us is God's command to us that we walk in the light, that we not love the world, that's darkness, but rather do God's will, that's light. Two weeks ago, what did Corey do? Corey Kane did a wonderful job. He preached to us a message on how we can walk in the light, do God's will with respect to the money God has given us to use. He dealt with materialism, darkness. He talked about generosity, light. Praise God. Hurt? It hurt a little bit, didn't it? I'm still hurting, still limping. Okay? But it was good. Because I am a, a son of God. I walk in the light. So I want to spend the money he's given me in a way that brings light. Then last week, what did Corey talk to us about? He talked to us about how to walk in the light in this crucial area of modesty. And we learned that modesty is simply not drawing attention to ourselves, but rather drawing attention to God. Not making it all about me, but about God. So praise God. This week in my family, we've been talking about walking in the light in this area of modesty. And today, I have the privilege to talk to you about walking in the light, my friend, in this area of media. Because there's nothing that captures our values and really gives us values like the media we ingest. So you ready for this? It's a gospel-based appeal to you, that you walk in the light, and that you do so, you do so very specifically. So to do that, I've asked the guys to leave this passage up here, but we're going to kind of compare this passage with the one you have in your notes. Ephesians 5, 7 to 14. 
So we're going to camp there right now. And in camping there, we are going to talk about what it means to not love the world or its values when it comes to the media that we intake. Now, why am I doing this, folks? Because the proper starting place for us to not love the world and our media intake, to not love the world's values, the proper starting place is not, it is not with some pre-approved list of movies you can watch. It is not with a, a Palm Vista, you know, approved playlist for your iPod. It is, it is not at all with the rating system that Hollywood gives us. It does not start there. It does not start there. Here's where it starts. It starts in Scripture. As I am able to open up Scripture to you through a teaching gift, you're able to receive the Scripture and let the Scripture speak to your conscience. And as your conscience is informed by Scripture, the truth, then you become you become convinced. It's called you have a biblical conviction. And the fear of the Lord is birthed in your heart. And that then may produce a list for you. It may give you a conviction that a certain rating is something you'll never do. It, it's, that's going to be between you and the Lord. Now legalism is making that determination for you. Gospel is exposing you to Scripture and the Holy Spirit speaking to you. See the difference? So we're definitely talking about standards, but standards birthed by Scripture, not by some church dogma or culture. So, let's dive into Scripture, shall we? Ephesians 5, 7 to 14 should be in your notes there. Therefore, do not become partners with them, for at one time you were what? Darkness. But now you are what? Light in the Lord. That's gospel talk. That's conversion. That is being regenerated, born again. That is justification. That is good news. Now, because of that good news, what, 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 is, what is Paul, the author here, God inspiring Paul, what does Paul say? Walk as children of the light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. In verse 10, and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Listen to me. Legalism is basing your relationship by what you do to get his pleasure. I'm not talking about that. You've already got his pleasure in verses 7, 8, and 9. Okay? We're not talking about trying to discern what is pleasing to God to gain his favor. No, 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 no. We're talking about trying to discern what is pleasing to God because I have his favor. Because I am one of those that he was talking about in verses 7 through 14 who has experienced what it is to know the Father who has gone from darkness to light. I've got God's favor. I'm his son. And as his son now, I want to learn what's pleasing to him because of my relationship with him. Verse 10, and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness. There's a command, folks. But instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that, are, that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, awake, O sleeper. There's that motif of darkness, sleep, right before dawn. Here comes the attack of the enemy. I've been sleeping all night. And the scripture says, wake up. Wake up. Pay attention. Discern what you're watching. Where have you drifted into? I, I cannot drive at night, late at night. 
I went to school at the University of Florida. And I would drive home from Gainesville. National champs, baby. And I was driving home from Gainesville. And at night, I had a little Volkswagen bug. And at night, I'd get sleepy, sleepy. And what would happen? My car would start drifting. And all of a sudden, they hit those little bumps. And I'd wake up, old sleeper. Because if I don't wake up, I'm going to die. I'm going to go right off the road and hit a tree doing 65 miles an hour and die. And some of you are drifting off the road right now. And the Holy Spirit is saying, wake up. Because just as surely as I would have died physically if my little bug would have hit a tree, just as surely you will die spiritually if you don't stop watching what you're watching. Some of you are clicking onto internet sites that you don't need to be clicking onto. And no one knows about it. And listen to the word of the Lord. You have God's favor if you're a believer. This is not about getting his favor. This is about you avoiding death and destruction and sadness and tears and horror and pain and unfruitful years. Wake up. Wake up. So, this passage uses the light and dark contrast. We see that in verse 8. Okay? It, it mirrors the light-darkness uh, uh, contrast that we saw previously in 1 John 2.8. And so for that reason, I believe it's a legitimate legal application of this. All right? So what is the theme of the message this morning? It's very simple. Discern what is pleasing to God in our media habits. It's right there in your notes. Discern what is pleasing to God in our media, media habits. Point one. How do we begin discerning what is pleasing to God on our media habits? As everything begins, we begin by looking at Jesus and who we are in Jesus. By God's grace, my friends, this under that first point, we are children of light in Christ. Notice, this is the exact same thing that is said in 1 John 2, 8. We have passed out of darkness. We are in the light. Second line there, under the first point, remember that we are God's children, children of light, and act like it. Second line there, as children of light, we are not to become partakers with darkness. All right. So how, okay, Al, help me understand how I can obey this word here. How can I obey what it says in Ephesians 5, to not become partakers of darkness? Because that's what it says there, very, very clearly. Verse 7, Ephesians 5, in your notes. Therefore, do not become partakers with them. The them is those in darkness. So how do we do that? I am, I am so glad that you've asked that question because in your notes, I want to guide you to a, a section that is entitled Questions to Help You Discern What is Pleasing to God in Your Media Intake. Okay? Now, I want to be very careful here. These questions are not Scripture. This is Scripture. This is not this is what you really, really must obey. This is a tool to per- help you obey it, perhaps. If it works, great. If not, throw it away. Use it to line the, 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 the cage of your parakeet. I don't know. Whatever you want to do. Make a paper airplane out of it. But I would say this. I think there's some wisdom here. So before you throw it away, at least read it. And if you look down where it says heart questions. Can you see where it says heart questions? That's right. Heart questions. I think that the hard questions here will help you 
not become partakers with darkness. The hard questions are like those little, those little reflective bumps on the turnpike that wake me up when I start drifting. Okay. So, so these hard questions, they're there to wake you up, to jar you. They make you a little uncomfortable, don't they? They go, hey, you're drifting. You're drifting. I'm not going to go through these. There's a couple that just hit me right between the eyes. There's one in particular, question two. Am I seeking to escape from something that I should be facing by watching this? Am I seeking comfort or relief that can be found only in God? Now, now that's more important than you would ever imagine. Because see, whatever I use to do that, it could be, it could be Gator football. There's no secret to those of you who know me. I love Florida Gator football. It could, be, it could be watching the national championship game. Did, did I tell you we won the national championship this year? Okay. Over and over and over when I come home from work. Do you know that I'm drifting if I do that? Here's how. Here's, here's how I'm drifting. My heart is seeking to be refreshed by something other than the Lord. Okay, let me help you. Let me help you identify that. Honey, let's just veg tonight. Please feel. <laughs> is it wrong to veg? No, it's not wrong to veg. Is it wrong to relax? No, it's not wrong to relax. But is it wrong to put my hope in anything that would take the place of God? Because you know what I found? When I go to the Lord to rest, I come out much more refreshed than when I sit and watch a movie for two or three hours. Watched a movie last night with my family, okay? So let me just, full disclosure here. It's not wrong to do that. It's wrong when my heart, on a consistent basis, goes there rather than the Lord, okay? All right. Next line underneath that first point. Define what becoming partners with with darkness means. What does it mean to be a partner with darkness? Okay? Well, I think it can mean the content questions. Look back on your questions to help you discern what is pleasing to God. Look at some of those content questions. What do we see there in the content questions? Well, now I know what you're thinking. Come on, Pino. You want me to pull this thing out every time we're going to watch a movie? No, I don't. I'm not talking about that. But this is what I am talking about. Instead of falling asleep at the wheel doing 70 miles an hour with your wife in the, in the passenger seat and the kids in the back seat, Hey guys, why don't we practice a little discernment? I know. I know. It's a radical request here. But instead of just vegging, how about if we plan ahead and say, we've got a movie night coming. Maybe I can think about the movies we can watch and instead of just going to Blockbuster that night and going, ah, what are we going to get? I can actually lead. And I can say to myself, so what worldview or philosophy of life does this program or film pre- present? I can do that when I'm sitting at my computer looking at screenit.com. And I, I give you some of these websites in the, in the notes somewhere. Or I can do it when I'm looking at a web. And I, I can think about, I can say, what, what, is this, what is this movie glamorized? Does this movie say that you can leave your wife, find the beautiful girl at the office, divorce your wife, marry her, and be happily ever after, and there's no consequence to that sin? And my, my teenage daughters are going to see that and say, oh, that's love. Is that really what I want to bring into my home? It's like having a dimmer switch, you know? It's like going over to the wall and just, just taking the light in my home and just starting to dim it. And how many women have I counseled 
who have this illusion of romance and want it so badly they'll marry anybody and their hearts get broken and we pick up the pieces gladly. But see, someone dimmed the switch in that heart. Someone bought into a worldview that was bogus and darkness came in and the speed bumps, the little bumps were, were disregarded and a tree was hit doing 75. Bodies were ejected out of the car. People died. Dreams died. Homes died. Marriages died. Because of a little darkness. Yeah, ver- third question under content questions. Who are the heroes of the story? Why are they heroic? Okay, I'm not going to belabor that. Here's what I'm going to say to you. Here's what I'm going to say to you. Men, women, singles, teens. By golly, you're children of light. Stand up, think, discern. Don't be legalistic. Don't be a jerk about it. But just think and discern. Put that discerner on. If this uses you, great, helps you, great. Scripture is going to help you. Find your own conscience. Inform your conscience. Teach your conscience what is right and wrong. And go for it. Okay? And if you do that, watch any movie you want to watch. There's no list here at Palm Vista. We're not going to make you sign a document saying you can't watch X, whatever. Well, you can't watch X-rated, but what I meant was... Oh, I just got in trouble there, didn't I? Okay. I meant like X, like fill in the blank. Okay. You cannot watch X-rated. I can just tell you that right now. You guys are enjoying this, aren't you? You know what I mean. <laughs> All right, second point. Let's quickly go to the second point. <laughs> so how do we discern... How do we discern what is pleasing to God? Number one, we remember who we are in Christ and act like it. Number two, we reject the world's influence in our life and we stick by it. Number two, we reject the world's influence in your life and stick by it. Listen, guys, I've already talked about this, not going to belabor it. You need to acknowledge right now how much influence our media intake has on you. You just need to acknowledge right now the drift toward worldliness. It's subtle, it's gradual, and it's internal. And if you assume you're immune, then that's a sure sign that you've begun to drift. Okay? A lifetime of careless viewing is dangerous, and I've seen the fruit of it in people's lives. They make crazy decisions. Why did you do that? They don't say this, but you might as well just say, it's a lifetime of careless viewing. I just bought into things. How much time do we, are we spending viewing this? versus viewing this. So you tell me which one's influencing us, influencing us more. Influencing us more. Thank you. You tell me. And you tell me how do we obey that. If the bulk of our time is, is looking at a screen that is not only void of this, but actually is diametrically opposed to this. So this isn't, this isn't, this isn't legalism. This is like Don't play on I-95, okay? That's not legalism. (laughs) That's wisdom. Son, do not run across I-95 if your ball, you know, goes across there. I I lived right right in front of I-95 growing up. That's not legalism. The fence wasn't legalism. It was intended to keep me safe. Because I'm going to die if I get out there. And some of you, your faith is, is a little dry. And the question you need to ask is, have I drifted? 
And then secondly, the second line underneath that second point, guard your conscience from the numbing effects of darkness. Guard your conscience from the numbing effects of darkness. Jot down underneath that this scripture. Actually, I have two scriptures for you. Just jot it down. 1 Timothy 1, 18 to 20. 1 Timothy 1, 18 to 20. This charge I entrust to you, Timothy, my child, in accordance with the prophecies previously made about you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. Verse 19 of 1 Timothy 1. Holding faith and a good conscience. By rejecting this, some have made shipwreck of their faith. And he names names. And then 1 Timothy 4.2. 1 Timothy 4.2. And it speaks of losing the sense of a good conscience. Over time, my friend, over time, a good conscience that was once sensitive to the holiness of God and the conviction of the Holy Spirit can become dull and eventually seared by what we watch. So we must define the last line there. We must define what it means to take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness. That's what it says in in, in Ephesians 5. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness. What does that mean? What is your conviction in this area? Is it biblically informed? That's my appeal to you this morning. Discern what is pleasing to God, dear friends, in your media intake. And in so doing, you will do God's will. Use the guidelines that you have here in your notes. And let's just, we're going to finish this message with these guidelines. You'll see them. They should be following that last point. Guidelines to help you discern what is pleasing to God in your media intake. Men, this, this Wednesday night, you're going to be going to men's home group. Please go. And prior to going to, to the men's home group, please study Ephesians 5, 7 to 14. And home group leaders, when you lead discussions, don't talk about your opinions. Talk about what Scripture says. And how does my life line up with Scripture? Study Ephesians 5, 7 to 14. Singles, this afternoon you're going to be studying this book on worldliness. You're going to be, you've been memorizing this scripture. Thank you. Let this inform your conscience. That's a guideline to help you discern what is pleasing to God. Number two, use questions. The questions provided at the end. We looked at some of them. Take those home. Use them to sharpen your, your discernment. Number three, especially for the young men here. Starting in March consider doing a a two-month experiment. Why don't you read a proverb a day? There's 31. Read a proverb a day and then ask God for biblical discernment. Keep a journal of your thoughts and then then let, let the scripture impact what you do so that you, it's a mirror and you go, ooh, that's what that says and this is what I'm doing. Oh Lord, help me. Repentance is a daily thing. I love this quote from Paul Tripp. Because what this quote from Paul Tripp talks about is the fear of the Lord. And the fear of the Lord comes as you read his word, as you pray. This is a great quote in your notes. A heartfelt, internalized fear of God is the foundation of a spiritual life. It is the fear of God that is the beginning of a truly wise life. Proverbs 1.7 The fool has no fear of God in his heart. So he lives for what the moment can deliver. Do you live for what the moment can deliver? Do you live for what your eyes can see? You're a fool. What is the fear of God? It is the non-negotiable motivator of the spiritual person. God, His presence, His will, and His glory are the reason the spiritual person does what he does or doesn't do what he doesn't do. That's not in the quote, but I had that. 
He does what he does because God is and has spoken. He does what he does, not because someone is, is, is watching teens, not because your parents are watching. Oh my, do it out of the fear of the consequence. Do it out of the fear of God, not out of the fear of consequences. Ultimately, ultimately because of a deep, worshipful love and reverence for God, this is the only thing that will keep us in times of temptation. This is what keeps us when no one's looking at night. It is the light that gets clicked on. It is, the, it is the flashlight that burns through the darkness of temptation when we are in a mind-numbed, soul-numbed state and are getting ready to do something horrific against God and against our neighbor and against our brother and sister and family. And it is the light that tells me, stop. If there was pitch darkness here, stop, look, whoa, okay. <laughs> Only imagine this is a 10,000 foot cliff and you're heading right for it. It is the fear of God that is good and right and holy and clean. Oh God, give us the fear of you in the right way. It has nothing to do with your acceptance with God. That you have in Christ, period, punto, end of conversation. You are accepted. You are his child. I'm talking about now living it out. Do you see the difference? Point four, read good books on media to grow in your discernment. Point five, practice accountability in order to grow in self-control. Who knows your media habits? Who knows what website you were on last night? Who knows what movies you watch? Who knows what series you're just in love with? And is anybody at least asking you, hey, how's that going? Hitting any bumps yet on the road? Number six, wisely utilize technology to carefully screen the media you intake. Oh, dads, you got to use this stuff, man. These websites that they have, plugged, pluggedinonline.com, I actually used that this week. Screenit.com, I think Screenit costs money. You can go to these and you can actually screen a movie. Um, there are software, software filters you can buy for your computer that will keep the computer from going to places, especially if you have teens in your, in your home. I'm not, I don't have stock in any of this stuff, okay? I'm just trying to help you see what it is, how much it costs. I think it's a worthwhile investment. Uh, I presently do not use either of these. I use a password control system for our computer. I'm thinking of using one of these. Uh, I've heard Safe Eyes is good, okay? So pray for me that we can implement this. Uh, we, we have just decided to go with ClearPlay as a family. It's a, it's a system where you can actually, it edits out cursing, uh, nudity, uh, violence, whatever. You can program it up. We're going to give it a shot in our family. Uh, I do like war movies. <laughs> and unfortunately, war movies, they cuss a lot. And so I don't want to bring that in my family. So we're, we're seeking to apply it. If your conscience doesn't let you do any of this, fine. These are just helps. Okay? <sighs> we need to look at Jesus, don't we? All right, let's do that. Ushers, would you please go in the back and get ready to serve us communion? Church, would you please... Prepare your hearts to receive communion. I want to read to you from 1 John. Uh, worship team, would you please join me up, up front? I want to read to you from 1 John chapter 1. So please, if you still have your Bibles open, please turn to 1 John chapter 1. I want us to enjoy this scripture. 
John was writing to a church that was struggling with a spirituality that was Gnostic in its tenor. What that meant is it was based on special knowledge, but it was weak on obedience. So it's a spirituality like we have today. I'm spiritual, but there's no real truth. So therefore, spiritual to me may mean one thing, to you it's another thing. We're all spiritual. Hey man, God is good, right? Well, He is good, but that has nothing to do with Christian truth. Okay? So, John is speaking to a church that's wrestling with that. Listen to what he says to that church as we prepare our hearts to receive communion. Let's enjoy this. Verse 1 of 1 John 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and a touch with our hands, concerning the word of life. The life was made manifest and we have seen it and testify to it and proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard we proclaim also to you so that you may have fellowship with us and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. The life there is Jesus Christ. We're going to proclaim Christ and His death And by extension is resurrection in just a moment as we receive this. If you have not bowed your knee to Christ, if you have not, if you have not professed Him as your Lord, as your Savior, it is a gift from God to do that. In a moment after I read this, I'm going to pray for you. You do right now. God's calling you. This is only for those that have done that. It is not for the casual observer. It is for the disciple of Christ. Okay? But oh, what a great word we have here. Verse 5. This is the message we have heard from Him and proclaim to you that God, God is light. And in Him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with Him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Yes, we do, church. And listen to me. And the blood of Jesus, which we're going to celebrate right now, His Son cleanses us from all sin. Listen, if you say you have no sin, you deceive yourself. That's what this scripture says. And the truth is not in you. But if you confess your sin, if we confess our sins, verse 9, He is faithful, He is just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all righteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make Him a liar. and His word is not in us. This is for sinners who have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus. Ushers, please come forward. Let Let me bless and pray for this time. I'm going to pray for you if you do not know Christ, that he would reveal himself to you. He would quicken your heart. He would give you life. After I pray, the ushers are then going to begin to distribute the elements. While that's going on, worship team's going to play a song. Just stay seated. Enjoy it. Hold the elements. When everyone's been served, I'll come back up here and we'll receive it together. Let me pray. Lord God, I thank you. Lord, I thank you that you are calling your people, your elect, right now. Lord, I thank you that there may be some in this auditorium that have not known you, but right now you are revealing yourself to them. Jesus, that you would reveal your death, your resurrection, their sin, and they would cry out and say, oh God, have mercy upon me, a sinner. And if that's you, you respond right now. That's the Spirit of God speaking to you. You run to the lights. You run to Christ. What we've seen, what we've heard, we're declaring. And His blood will cleanse you. And He will make you acceptable to the Father because of His works. Lord, thank You for these elements that we now would bless. May they communicate the cross, the resurrection. May they communicate Christ and bring great joy to our hearts.
In Jesus' name, amen.